During this episode, we spend time with Josh Soldo, Chief Scientific Officer at Veravos and a healthcare innovator dedicated to developing diagnostic tests that enhance patient survival rates and reduce preventable medical tragedies. While together, Josh shares his personal and professional journey to entrepreneurship and why he is on a mission to revolutionize healthcare and improve patient care. We explore his deep industry expertise, the importance of networking, Veravos's exciting ventures, his company's strategic business model pivot, and Josh's vision for the industry's future. Join us to learn from Josh how he and the Veravos team are saving lives by transforming laboratory medicine. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Josh. A big welcome to our podcast today. Thanks, Mike. Well, due to dedicating your career to developing diagnostic tests with the mission of giving patients a greater chance of survival and reducing the number of preventable medical tragedies, I'm honored to have this conversation with you today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Josh, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Veravos team are transforming laboratory medicine through technology that delivers superior test results to improve confidence that diagnoses are accurate. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a great introduction. My one piece of advice is you have to be an innovator. You have to think outside the box and not be afraid to fail. And in terms of innovation translating into commercial products, it's all about developing your network because you can't do this on your own. You can have the best ideas, the best idea, period. But if you don't have an audience that can help you get translate that idea to form, to function, to get it into the market, then it's just an idea. And so I firmly believe in developing relationships and you know, you have to have that team behind you to support you and be there for you. Well, and of course, we're going to talk about the Veravos team and how you were one of the co-founders, how you got it to come to be. I mean, five plus years now of helping lead and operate Veravos. Unbelievable to be able to get to that uh, stretch with an organization you know as well as I do. But Josh, of course, let's go back to that. It's so important, right? Healthcare, incredibly complex industry. And it is a very big one. Matter of fact, it's the biggest industry in our country when you think of the size and the spend on an annual basis. But it is also a small one as well in regards to making and building those relationships in order to be able to you know, figure out product market fit, find those right partnerships, et cetera. And you, my friend, are the chief scientific officer. You are a scientist by background. You would typically think a scientist is just stuck in the laboratory. How long have you had that mindset of building relationships, even while being a scientist, I think it's profound. Well, you're absolutely right. I started spending many, many days and hours in the lab, like to say, you know, perfecting your craft, learning, developing that expertise. And in my case, it happened to be protein chemistry, purifying and detecting challenging, you know, biomarkers out of different samples. And 
that translated to moving from academia into industry back in 2001 for a company called Beckman Coulter. And so at Beckman, again, I was a scientist, but I was tasked to lead a very large multifunctional team to figure out how to improve the performance and sensitivity of their immunoassays. And, and Beckman at the time was a leader in cardiac biomarker testing, and they wanted to try to develop what's now known today as high-sensitivity troponin. But to get there, it starts with the raw materials and the chemistry behind the test. You know, the, the magic doesn't just happen. You have to have a lot of science, and you have to have the right chemistry and the right raw materials. And my role at Beckman Coulter was to do pure research, which is pretty rare in, in industry. Research is usually you know, not profitable per se. They like development because that means you have a, a very succinct timeline and you're going to get done, commercialize, launch, sell. But research is, is truly innovating and figuring out how to make some changes that can have profound impacts on the performance of products moving forward. And so after my time at Beckman, I successfully validated and implemented brand new technology that's used in their immunoassays today. And then that led me, what ends up happening is when you're successful as a scientist, management says, well, let's have you you know, mentor and teach and train other scientists to be successful just like you are, so you become a manager. So they throw into a management track and they say, okay, you're going to be directing these scientists. And that's exactly what happened at my second company. And that was a fantastic journey in itself. Have you ever heard about vitamin D? My team was the team that developed the world's first fully automated test to measure vitamin D. And vitamin D blew up. I'm pretty sure if you go back in time, you heard about, are you vitamin D deficient? And that was because a lot of people were insufficient or deficient, and there were possible health ramifications for having vitamin D deficiency. And so starting with vitamin D and a lot of other novel tests, I transitioned to another field, which I like to call medical and scientific affairs. So what industry figured out in around 2010, this was pharma, this is diagnostic companies, is that for you to stay competitive in the marketplace, you have to develop relationships with the thought leaders, the key opinion leaders, the subject matter experts, because guess what? They're the ones that are at the conferences. And if they're talking about your tests and your products, people follow them. They're the leaders in, in those different clinical spaces. And so they said, how do we develop relationships with these thought leaders? How do we get them to do studies, clinical studies, and publish their findings using your products? Because if you can do those things, that's an indirect way to drive sales in an organization. So before I knew it, I was traveling all over the world, meeting with thought leaders. I like to say, you know, part of your job is making unhappy customers happy. A lot of times when they send you into a thought leader, you don't want them to say something bad about your product. So they say, go talk to them or talk to her, find out what the issue is. And so you have to be a good listener. And then you have to take what they share with you and translate that to action. And what the best way to develop relationships and build trust and confidence with thought leaders is for them to see you actually listen to them. And better yet, if you improve your products or develop new products that are specifically addressing their asks and their needs, that that's the field of medical scientific affairs, having those exchanges. And so that led me ultimately to saying, hey, I have a chance to take all of my know-how, my years of expertise, and start this company and transform or change the way diagnostics is done. Because I learned along this path there are some improvements that needed to be made. Absolutely. And you set the stage. It is important. And, you know, sometimes it's even more important to listen than to talk, especially as a thought leader. It's incredibly important. It's amazing what you will learn along the way. Sounds like there were a lot of lessons that were picked up through that journey, Josh, that really helped set the stage for everything that's happening within the Veravos camp today. And we're going to dive into that and more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. 
Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Josh Soldo, Chief Scientific Officer at Veravas. Josh, I love it. One of the first scientists on the podcast that talked about how important it is about thought leadership, being there alongside the end users, the customers, the prospects that gain that feedback to help dictate what is next, what is on the horizon, especially as we think about innovation in healthcare, very complex industry to innovate in and of itself. But to be there on the front lines and shoulder to shoulder and alongside those end users, that's how we move the industry forward. So Josh, of course, you set us up at the front end for the storied career that you've already have and where you now are with Veravos. We're going to talk about how Veravos came together. Uh, you teed us up perfectly for that. Of course, talk about where things are today for the team, where things are heading, how we can help you as well. But for now, Josh, take us back maybe under the hood a bit. How did Veravos all come together in the first place? You teased it right before the commercial. Maybe give our audience a little bit of understanding of how this came to be in the first place. Yeah, in 2017, I was approached by my partner, co-founder and CEO, John Forrest. I was at Roche Diagnostics at the time in medical scientific affairs, uh, supporting cardiac biomarker education. So basically helping cardiologists and emergency medicine physicians understand how to use these new high sensitivity troponin tests. And he's a serial entrepreneur and he wanted to do something new and exciting in, in healthcare. He wanted to help patients. He wanted to make a difference. And he thought this was a great way, kind of that last chapter in his career, what could he do that could leave a lasting imprint in healthcare and, and really make a difference and save patients' lives? And so him and I were talking and you know, he was referred to me through a mutual colleague as a subject matter expert in assay development and understanding you know, what it takes to do something new and novel and unique. And out of that discussion, um, I had shared, I had filed some IP, I had a patent that I had filed. And long story short, that IP, that patent ended up becoming the foundational technology of the company. And what we set out to do is, how can we address a problem, an unmet clinical need that no one knows about, except myself, I call it the skeletons in the closet. If these are the secrets that these big diagnostic companies have. You know, these are, let's say, imperfections or known deficiencies or issues with those diagnostic tests in the market that they don't necessarily talk about. But I knew what those were. And, you know, could we, instead of trying to manage these issues through a designing a test, could we address them just right out of the gate pre-analytically? And so what I mean by that is if you've ever went to the doctor's office and you've had, you know, a tube of blood drawn. Well, they're drawing that blood because they're going to run a panel of tests. And at the end of the day, your physician is the one who's going to get that data, those results, and they're going to make an informed decision about your healthcare based on those test results. And you sure hope those test results are accurate and correct. The physician is trusting that those results are accurate and correct. 
And based on their clinical gestalt, based on that data, they may make a decision to either delay treatment or maybe lead you down a path of unnecessary interventional therapy or treatment, or they may miss disease altogether because, again, those doctors trust that those results, those lab results are accurate. Well, you may have stuff in your blood, I like to say junk in the blood, that can goof up those tests. And our company, the first goal we had as a company, as a technology was, what could we do to clean those samples, remove that junk so that those subsequent test results are always accurate. So the doctors always get accurate data the first time every time, and they make the correct decisions for their patients. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be that patient where they make a mistake and you have an unnecessary surgery or something bad happens. And so that became kind of the foundational technology that we developed. And then the name Verivox is Latin. So Vera is, is Latin for truth and Vos is vessel or sample. So the name of our company is Truth in the Sample. And so that's really kind of where we started developing our core technology using magnetic nano B technology that you can add to a patient sample and that technology will capture, eliminate and remove the interference, the junk in the sample. And now if you test that sample, you're going to get accurate results. So that's really kind of the beginning of the company. And you know, as we talk more, I'll tell you how that has evolved into what we're doing today in an exciting new area of saliva diagnostics. Yeah, and that was 2017. I mean, you know, as well as I do, uh, five years ago may not seem like a long time, but it can be a long time in healthcare. You know, it, it, there, there's a lot that can happen along the ways, especially with some big, you know, monumental steps forward as an organization. And so, Josh, when you and your co-founder first set out, was it exactly what you thought it would be? You know, as well as I do, being an entrepreneur is not a straight line. It can be certainly a very circuitous. How has it been along the way building the company, getting that assurance or getting that feedback from the marketplace, right? At the end of the day, we can have all these amazing thoughts of our own product. But really, at the end of the day, you know, as well as I do, it's end user feedback that matters the most. What are those early stages of Veravos and what was that like to lead us up to current state? Uh, two words, plausible deniability. And so what happens is when you develop a technology that does what we set out to do, clean patient samples and eliminate and remove these interferences, these things that cause false results. Well, these thought leaders aren't silly. They're thought leaders for a reason. They say, well, now we can use your technology to figure out what the prevalence of these issues really are. So things that these big diagnostic companies don't want to be loud and proud about or not proud about, these skeletons in the closet, they can be exposed. And so at the time when we were developing the technology, biotin interference blew up. People are taking biotin at really, really high doses through hair, nail, and skin products, health and beauty products. They were taking these gummies and these pills, these biotin supplements, not realizing that it was causing a really high level of biotin in circulation. And a lot of these diagnostic tests, biotin is part of the test design. So if there's biotin in the sample, that's not part of the test design. It was actually causing a lot of false results. In fact, the FDA got involved. They, they issued a warning letter, and this became a big issue. Problem is, no one wanted a solution to the problem. Because if you fix the problem, now it brings into question past results. No one wants to go there. You don't want to worry about things in the past. And you don't really want to deal with exposing an issue today because at the end of the day, you do want to run these tests. And so what ended up happening is why we had a product solution that was amazing at eliminating this issue, we couldn't sell it because no one wanted to buy it. We tried selling it to the diagnostic companies themselves. Hey, provide this to your customers as a Band-Aid while you're fixing your test. They didn't want to do that because that means they're acknowledging they have a problem. And then you go to the hospitals and labs, you know, here, 
you can use this to make sure you mitigate this issue. And they're like, we don't really want to take on that risk and that liability. And so we developed a technology that didn't have a fit because the fit meant that it would be adopted into routine clinical practice. And that just, we realized that was never going to happen. And so, as you said, as you start a company, you have to be able to listen to the feedback of the market and you have to be able to pivot and say, okay, so we've developed this core technology. How else can we use this technology to address unmet clinical needs, but actually do things that people will endorse, will embrace, will want to buy? And that was, we realized if we can clean samples, that means that the interferences that other manufacturers are trying to manage by testing much smaller sample sizes. So you go down in size of the sample you're testing on your analyzer because it's easier to manage or block the interferences. But when you go smaller, maybe what you want to measure is what we call low abundance. It's at a very low concentration. Well, you may not detect it. So if you go smaller and sample something you want to detect that's clinically important may not be detectable. So we said, well, heck, check this out. If we can clean the sample, we can now go the other direction and use a much larger sample size to increase the likelihood of detecting these clinically important biomarkers. And so that is exactly what we realized is that we can do what's called enrichment. We can concentrate, purify, and concentrate something in a sample so that it can now be detected. So before this concentration and enrichment, it would be invisible to the test. It would be below their ability to detect it. But with our technology, we can enrich and concentrate. So we clean the sample, and then we can subsequently use the same magnetic bead technology just design the beads slightly different on the surface to actually target the biomarkers of interest so that we can purify them and now measure and detect them with high sensitivity, high accuracy. And so that's how our company has pivoted and evolved. And where this application of our technology, we're seeing the most exciting, game-changing application is in the area of saliva diagnostics. And you would ask, but why is saliva exciting? Well, we just got out of this COVID pandemic. Consumers are used to self-testing. Heck, you had to buy rapid tests. Healthcare is becoming more expensive. People are trying to be take control of their healthcare. You know, they have FSAs or HSAs, and they want to decide how they're going to spend their money, when they're going to actually go to the doctor. So what saliva facilitates, it's a very easy to collect sample, highly accessible, non-invasive. And so if you can collect the sample at home, drop it in the mail, it's a perfect sample type for what we'd call risk-based screening. So looking for things that if the test is negative, you're good to go. But let's say you detect something of significance that you may have not even known about. You were asymptomatic. It's really early in the disease. So early detection of disease is what saliva can facilitate through monthly, yearly, you know, non-invasive testing. So an example of where Veravath now is realizing is a huge unmet clinical need is detecting Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's is an example of a disease that you're starting to hear about in the news. The FDA has just approved the first drugs that could potentially you know, change the course of that disease, You know, can improve cognitive function, slow down that progression of the disease. But your success is always based on early detection. If you detect something early, you have the greatest likelihood of doing something about it. And so what Veravas is doing with our technology and our company is that using it with saliva, which the things we want to measure, you have to clean the sample. They're really low concentration. You have to enrich the sample. It's the perfect fit for the Veravas technology. And that's what we're focusing on today is what are some of these clinically important tests that we could develop in saliva, like screening for cancer, you know, Alzheimer's, things that early detection is key. 
if you detect these things early enough, you could do something about it. So we don't need our necessarily what we're doing today in saliva to be diagnostic. We need it to be prognostic, risk-based. Because if you don't detect it, you're fine. But if you detect something, go talk to the doctor about it. They can do the confirmatory testing. There's lots of wonderful tests out there, confirmatory testing, but there aren't many tests in the market today for screening. And that's really where we are today as a company and how we're applying our technology. Well, and thank you for that, Josh. I mean, it's a powerful example of what, you know, as well as I do, being an entrepreneur, sometimes it's all about being a successful entrepreneur. Sometimes it's all about the timing and the dynamics of the market. And you kind of hit it right on the head, Josh, in regards to us going through COVID and being used to, if I have to have another swab up my nose, I got to tell you, it's going to drive me crazy. Those were literally painful times at, at times during the pandemic. But joking aside, Josh, you know, as well as I do, the masses kind of are inoculated now to these at-home testing kits, whether it be the 23andMe's or, you know, for DNA, or, you know, genetic testing or for COVID or otherwise. And so when you start thinking about those market dynamics of general population, the consumer being inoculated, being used to these types of tests at home, what a powerful opportunity to leverage at Veravos, obviously. But Josh, in regards to being able to early detection, powerful, like you said, Alzheimer's, big news recently, as you just discussed, in regards to drugs that are being discovered and hopefully being approved here soon. In regards to going to market with these saliva tests that you have, Josh, how are you going about it? Is it a B to B to C model? Is it a business to, you know, is it B to C? How are you going about getting your tests into the hands of the end consumer? It is the B to B to C. So we're dealing with the lab. So the nice thing about, as of now in the United States, is there's a faster path to commercialization through CLIA, if it's a CLIA-accredited lab, and it's called a Laboratory Developed Test or an LDT. And so labs have the ability to fast-track commercialization introduction of tests to the market through this LDT path. The FDA is always kind of the end game because when you go through the FDA and you get FDA clearance or approval for medical device or product, that allows you to distribute that product broadly. You can't distribute products to labs under the REO or, or the LDT stat path. But labs can buy our REO reagent and they can use it to develop and validate their own test and they can bring those tests to market. Consumer-based testing, a lot of these tests aren't reimbursed today anyway, so it's a cash model. And so what the labs are looking for is they're looking for high value tests that consumer is willing to actually order or ask their doctor you know, to prescribe it so they can get a collection kit. They provide that saliva sample as an example. They put it in the mail, go to the lab, and then that lab can take that sample. And depending on what test they want to run, they validated those tests as LDTs. They can now run those tests. And so what Veravas has is we're focusing our efforts on sample collection. So there is a lot of opportunities for innovation in how you collect and store and stabilize saliva so it can be shipped and be stable during shipment. So this model of self-collection by definition means it has to be put in the mail. Well, the mail is not temperature controlled. The sample could take one day, three days. If you're dealing with Alzheimer's patients, they may forget to put it in the mail right away. So, you know, so you have to make sure that you have a way to stabilize the sample so that by the time it gets to the lab, they're able to detect what they're trying to detect. And so we're doing some very innovative things in terms of how we can use our IP to what we say, we say clean and condition the sample during collection. So imagine you're providing a saliva sample. After the sample is collected, our reagent is added to the sample, which stabilizes the sample and cleans the sample. So by the time it gets to the lab, they're ready to test the sample. And so that's part of the challenge is, is ensuring that the quality of the sample is as high as possible. Because in diagnostics, that translates to a quality result. Good sample in typically is good results out. A poor quality sample in 
can can goof up or challenge a test and you may get inaccurate results. And so quality of that sample, stabilizing the sample, making it standardizing how it's collected is really important. And then our technology today, what we love about our technology is that we're agnostic to detection. So what that means is that there's many, many different serum and plasma and cerebral spinal fluid tests, as an example, in the Alzheimer's space that have already been validated by big diagnostic companies, Roche and Quanterix and Fujirabio. And a lot of these companies already have Alzheimer's tests that they validated. Some of them have already been cleared by the FDA. There are other big manufacturers as well, Abbott, Stevens, you know, Beckman, that have a menu of different tests. And so what's nice about our technology is that we can take that saliva sample and simply by changing out one reagent in our product, we can purify the biomarker of choice into what we call a really simple buffer. You start with a complicated, you think about saliva, spit, it's dirty, it's got bacteria, bugs, and it's not a very clean sample. But after our technology, it's concentrated to basically water, a very simple buffer. And now you can take that sample as a lab and validate it as a new sample type under your existing assays. All those assays that they already have, all their boxes, all their high volume throughput analyzers that are meant for serum and plasma, they could run this sample on those existing assays. And so we become a pre-analytical solution that makes saliva diagnostics possible using existing tests. Now that's phase one of our current kind of refocus of our technology. And then phase two is that we're in the process of developing and validating our own detection technologies that we can take to the FDA as an IVD test. And so ultimately, Veravas, we want to have our own IVD test, but we realize that's a longer journey, a longer path to revenue. And as a startup company, revenue is king. You got to do everything you can. It's hard to raise money in year five, as you can imagine. It's easier in year one. Year five becomes more challenging, you know, and so whatever we can do to get to market, to get to revenue, that's really the focus of our company this year. And we think what I've just described to you is an excellent strategy to get our technology into market so researchers can use it as research use only products, but let the researchers develop the tests. We just provide them the tools and the toolkit. Well, and of course, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a tough market to raise capital right now, just period. No matter how old your startup is, uh, tough market conditions at this time is both you and I know that's for certain. But you are spot on. Revenue is king for startups and scale ups. So that is certainly true, Josh. But of course, you have to have that pathway forward and that roadmap forward to continue to innovate and grow the organization. So let's uh, you kind of already hinted towards it, but uh, let's take that crystal ball off the proverbial shelf over here. Let's look a little future state, Josh. It's an exciting current state with where you're at. And you've kind of, again, painted a little bit of the picture of where things are heading. Maybe share a bit more with the audience. Where are things heading on the macro for the industry in this space writ large? And then, of course, where is Veravos going to be at that intersection? Call it even the next two to three, three to five years. Where are things heading? Again, coming out of COVID, it's an excellent question because coming out of COVID-19, accessibility to testing, it became very clear. So people got used to self-testing. And so an area in diagnostics that's growing rapidly, exponentially is point of care testing. And so this would be or near patient testing. So this is, you can buy kind of like a pregnancy test. You can buy that test for whatever it is and self-test at home. 21ME or some of these other things send you collection kits. They go back to the lab. So there's two models that are both growing and these are all consumer-based models. Again, it's this whole idea that consumers want to be able to manage their health. All the data is pointing to, they don't want to go to the doctors or they don't have to. It's expensive. They want to avoid expensive imaging and other things that typically happen when you go to the doctor. There's some people that think, you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you you're sick, so I don't want to go to the doctor. You know, just think bad things happen when you go to the hospital. So why do I want to go to the hospital? 
but they're curious, you know, they're curious if they have a health issue. And so I think the next two to five years, you're going to see, especially because of COVID-19, innovation was amazing. All the industry rallied together. And I bet if you were to look at patent filings, as an example, that's a metric of innovation. You look at number of patents that were probably filed during COVID, it's going to break any record of any time ever in our industry because of people thinking outside the box, saying, how are we going to detect this virus? How do we do it as fast as possible? How do we reopen the economy? So now COVID kind of taking a back seat. All these technologies have been developed. They got to find new indications of use. They're not going to spend all that money developing a novel technology and be one and done with COVID. And so what I think is going to happen is all this technology that came out of the COVID era, you're going to start to see amazing new diagnostic solutions and tests for all kinds of disease states beyond COVID. And that's what I think is going to happen. Absolutely. And it is spot on too. And again, we go back to thinking about, you know, market dynamics, market conditions. Consumers, as you mentioned, they want to take control of their health. We are turning you know, healthcare, which I'm a big fan of. Hopefully it'll happen sooner than later, but turning healthcare not as a looking as a person in our communities as a patient, but as a consumer, right? And getting it to a consumer-based mindset in healthcare. I'm all about it. And to your point, a lot of these innovations that came out of this tragedy that was COVID has some huge potential to continue to move us forward, just like you discussed with all the things you and the team are building at Veravos. So an exciting horizon. And now you have me curious. I may have to go look, see how many patents were filed over the past couple of years, because I bet you're spot on. I bet you it is a record. I can only imagine. I've seen many of my colleagues and the innovation that came out of COVID was just awe-inspiring. Uh, but with that, we'll come back to current state though, Josh. We have an amazing community rallied around this podcast always willing to lend a hand and help out uh, fellow entrepreneurs and innovators. So with that, what's one problem need or question that you have that our community could be helping you and the Veravos team with? Samples. So saliva is a novel sample type. It hasn't been done before. And so unfortunately, what that means is that there are no samples, retrospective samples or longitudinal samples that are available frozen away in the freezers. They're, they're all serum and plasma. And there's amazing sample banks that you can access for serum and plasma, as an example, that go back 20, 30 years. Saliva is a brand new sample type. And so the biggest challenge for us to get new assays to market is we have to prospectively. That means you have to have people volunteer or enroll in clinical studies to provide saliva samples that have different disease states. So for Alzheimer's, you know, we're in the process of working with different clinical research partners uh, through their IRBs and their clinical studies to hopefully get you know, a plethora of these saliva samples at different stages of the disease so that we can look at these biomarkers and validate our test. And so the help we need is if anyone's ever thought about wanting to support research and they have, you know, we have some tests that we have developed that we're trying to source saliva samples for. Lyme disease and celiac disease are two of them. We need to get, you know, saliva samples from people who have Lyme disease so we can actually validate saliva for that test. We've done it in blood and serum, but we want to be able to translate it again to saliva. It requires samples. And saliva being such a new sample, like in the area of Alzheimer's, right now, I spend a lot of my time as a CSO reaching out to thought leaders in academia because really, we need their help doing the clinical studies to validate that the biomarkers we're measuring in saliva correlate to the same biomarkers that are being detected today in blood and in CSF. That's key for the industry, for clinicians to accept a new sample type. You need a lot of data to substantiate any claims you're making. 
And so right now that we need help finding clinical collaborators, people who are interested in saliva as a sample type in Alzheimer's, it would be research collaborators and partners for us to help us generate that data that we're going to need to say, yes, this is the real deal. And if you can detect these biomarkers, their risk factors or early indicators of disease, that's, that's the help we need, samples. A clear call to action, that is for sure, Josh. And so with that, for our community to be able to help out there, how do they get a hold of your social media handles, websites, or otherwise? How do they get a hold of you and the team online? You can reach out to me directly at josh at veravas.com. So pretty straightforward. That's when you're a small company, you go by first name still and your email addresses, right? You can also go to our website, veravas.com. And there's several areas in the website where you can provide your contact information if you're interested in doing studies or collaborating with Veravas. Easy enough. And for our listening community, just simply scroll on down into the episode notes. Those contact points for Josh and the Veravas team will be there. Of course, you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Josh's episode where you can also leave comments, feedback, or otherwise uh, at that post and find those contact points online. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, it's an exciting current state as well as an exciting future state for you and the Veravos team and all the wonderful things you're pushing forward, Josh. Uh, so exciting to have you at part of this conversation today. But before we let you go, we have one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I am innovative and I want to transform or change healthcare and save or improve patient healthcare, improve patient lives. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Josh. And again, thank you so much for taking time today to be with us and to share the Veravas story, where you are today, and of course, where you are heading tomorrow. For now, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 